You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Dr. Dwandalyn Reese. This podcast is supported by Jen Mikowski Foundation. I was trained in classical voice, and that's what I was doing in college. Um, at some point, as I decided whether to be a full voice major um, versus something else, one of the things that struck me was that the um, a lot of the music majors are real insular, and they just kind of have a one-track mind. And I've always had an interest in history and people and um, really opening doors of communication. And so I, I couldn't throw myself into it. I didn't want to cut myself off from the rest of the world. So I compromised and uh, majored in music and American studies. But it was really a course I took, um, a music course I took my sophomore year um, that really kind of opened my eyes about what I wanted to do. And this was a course, it was a classical music course called Vienna Music Mirror of Society. And so what we did, we looked at classical composers, Schubert, Beethoven, Haydn, I'm missing a big one, Mozart. And instead of just doing a strict musicology course, we took the approach of looking at society and culture at that time and how that shaped the music and how that music shaped society. And that course was one of those light bulb moments for me in showing that there are multiple narratives that come out of the musical experience. It's not just going to a performance or, or listening to a record or listening to the radio, that there's so many stories embedded in the creation, in the dissemination, the reception of music. And those were the things that really fascinated me. I went to graduate school for my master's right after that in Michigan. And um, I continued to do work in that area, but I was also um, made aware of a museum practice program. And I started to think about what was really important to me. And one of the things that really resonated with me is that education and knowledge should be shared with as many people as possible. So um, I began began to be less interested in doing the typical scholar track and teaching in a university and decided to take this museum practice program and enroll in it um, with the idea that I could pursue my research and scholarship but use museums and objects as a way of creatively telling stories that reach a broad number of people. And I, I was thinking about this, you know, in preparing for the interview, and I think, well, how do my life experiences relate, you know, beyond academically, but, you know, to, I don't, I can't say from being, from the inside, I can't know African-American history and culture, like you, you would, in just a natural way. But through music, through the listening of it, I dance every day. So t today I'm dancing to Nina Simone and Otis Redding, and I, through the listening, you can't help but be moved and have that experience, I believe. Well, that's absolutely true. But, and, and that's one of the things I, I want to get across um, in the exhibit, that you can have that experience, you can enjoy the music, but there's also a rich complexity of stories and narratives that go behind it. So you use uh, Nina Simone as an example. Um, their regional stories, as she came from North Carolina, from the South. 
there the stories of her own evolution as a musical artist. She really wanted to be a classical pianist. And, um, you know, she was uh, turned away from a, a school in Philadelphia and then started playing in clubs in Atlantic City. She was just playing and then one day, um, uh, owner of a club said she had to sing. And so she started singing and then we have this wonderful career. So that there is that narrative of um, an artist being who had different leanings and, and being infused with different musical traditions to become who she was. She was also an artist, if you think about the time when she came to prominence in the 60s, um, if you look at her early work, she was doing traditional standards, um, uh, Tin Pan Alley songs, things from Broadway. But in the mid-1960s, she um, started to get involved in the civil rights movement. And so there's another narrative about um, getting closer to her own heritage, black power, feminism. You can even look at it in her image and in her dress and in her sound. And what, you know, you can go farther along the lines of other changes of other artists in other communities. But it's important to me is for people to understand that they can get so much more besides just that pure listening experience. There's there's a history there. There's a history of racism. There's a history of struggle. There's a history of resilience. There are so many stories of the, the power of place that shape these artists, that shape these communities, um, that, that make the whole musical experience all the more richer um, and opens avenues for all kinds of uh, connections in a variety of ways. And you've also been involved with a number of community projects, even outside, I think, Chinese communities in, in Brooklyn as well. I mean, as I understand, you've also, you know, you focus on this, but you've also done a lot of other community work too. Yeah, as I was building my career, it's quite interesting enough. Um, you know, music and museums was always my focus, but when you're starting off a career, you kind of take what job is offered. <laughs> but, you know, I look back on it, it was probably doing these community-based projects um, really shaped my worldview and how I want to do this kind of work. I, I think I, I came of age as a professional at a time where a lot of um, large institutions were really interested in diversifying their audiences, diversifying their collections, and trying to reach out to communities. and. Um, work with them so that they could um, tell different stories. And in doing that work, it was always, you kind of have to meet people where they are and kind of negotiate the role of museum as large, powerful institution versus a given community. Um, and how do you work as true partners? How do you respect the stories the community wants to tell in contrast to what you think you should be doing as a museum. And I really learned in that process, I really learned to listen to people, to hear where they were coming from. Um, I, I've learned that, you know, as a museum professional, I'm not the expert. And particularly with music, you're never the expert. I mean, that's part of the challenge because there can be someone who comes to your exhibit or works with you and knows much more about a subject than you do. And so I've really looked at my museum work as, as an exchange. 
um, and as building relationships in, in working with people and the stories I tell and really making sure that I am as authentic as I can be in representing their points of view and being respectful of their own their own abilities to tell their own stories, but also helping people and empowering people to tell their own stories or to do their own research or to build their own collections. Part of my mission is, is not just to do my own work, it's part of to build a sense of community so people can do their own work. And I really see this as a collective endeavor. Um, and I've, I've carried that on um, as a philosophy throughout my career and even to my work here at the Smithsonian, which is a little harder because we're such a large cultural complex, but it really shapes everything I do um, and informs everything I do. And, and even though those might have been community-based exhibitions that were dealt with history or a certain place in different communities, um, I've had the ability to um, extol those principles and working with all types of people and um, really parlay them into the work that I do today. I think the best part of my job is meeting donors, um, sitting with them, going through their objects, listening to their stories, and you know, kind of putting it all together so, so that I can infuse that in my work as a curator, whether I'm developing an exhibit, writing a book, um, doing a digital platform, an interview, or anything like that. That that information, that passion has to be captured for other people to learn from. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.